Good morning, everybody. Hopefully you're having a good Thursday morning. We're going to have a good day today. have a couple of topics want to hit, one that I missed from yesterday. But before I jump into that, let me start out by saying I am not a therapist, nor am I, am I an attorney. I'm an individual much like you who has gone through one of these traumatic experiences. And as a result of that, I've developed some tips and techniques that I use to help me, that I share with you, to help you get your life back, break that cycle of abuse, minimize the impact of a toxic ex, and if you have children, hopefully help you repair the relationships with them and get everything back on track. And ultimately, break this cycle of abuse and uh, just stop the insanity of it all. Be careful throwing around diagnoses. Diagnoses. Only a clinician in a clinical environment can do that. When you go around telling people that your ex is a narcissist or a borderline and you don't have any any uh, credential on the wall doing that. I mean, a lifetime of, uh, of uh, experience helps, but it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't let you do that. Just be careful you don't get yourself into trouble by throwing things around. Typically, a person will be, first question will be, where'd you get that diagnosis? And you don't want to say, I got my PhD off of, off of YouTube. <laughs> that podcast series that I, I, I'm a part of started yesterday. I think you can still sign up for it. Uh, today's, today's people is Dr. Romani and, uh, actually, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. I should have, I should have had that, uh keyed up in the beginning, so I'm looking, stand by one, where is it, day two, they have, where is it, it's uh, Dr. Simon and Dr. Romani is, are the speakers for today, so you can sign up for that, there's a link in the bottom, just yougettobeyou.com slash Dwayne. Good morning, everybody. I got my timing off a little bit. So I mentioned the podcast series. The phone lines are open. If you want to participate in today's show, you can do that by dialing 1-424-373-5483, 1-424-DSD-LIVE. And if you are calling from overseas, please use, just if scroll down in the description, there's a link for a web interface. Granted, you'll have to use your phone and or a computer with a microphone and stuff, but at least they, uh, you know, at least you won't be paying exorbitant international fees. So I know I've had a few people from the UK who've called in. So just want to throw that out there. Uh, oh, so Scott had asked, uh, will will uh, the feed be on Twitch too? I didn't do that today. I'm gonna do a little bit more testing on that. If you guys may have noticed yesterday in the middle of the day, I took yesterday off. Actually, I took today off too. So I had some time to, to test and play around with some stuff. And I was working on our testing out the multicast services. And it, uh, uh, so I actually did a multicast live impromptu live stream that, that was on YouTube, Twitch, and my Facebook group and my Facebook page. And it, it Instagram didn't work, but but uh, I didn't hit the button on that today. Um, I gotta. I, I'm so anybody who's listening to this, I tell you what. When this video or when this, we'll do it on the video. When the video is done and it's not live, post a comment if you think that it being multicast on a on multiple platforms is a good thing or not. I think my gut feeling, and I know we're getting off the topic of what the normal show is, but my gut feeling is that it won't affect the YouTube experience and cause I can leverage off of some, some stuff I basically already own. And, uh, anyway, so, uh, I, I did it yesterday. It did work. Uh, it did, uh, it, it did its thing and it was interesting. So I might maybe next, maybe tomorrow or maybe next week I might uh, do that to where this in the morning would be live on YouTube and those other platforms uh, all at the same time. So, um, I just, I, like I said, just didn't hit the button on it this morning. Let me just get my window here appropriate. 
Oh, Scott, Scott said, let's get you more Twitch streamers, our, our Twitch streaming hours so you can get partner status, and then we can subscribe with Prime. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That uh, That's one thing about Twitch is if you, you can subscribe through Prime. Anyways, I digress, but just throwing that out there. Um, oh, Sarah asked, for the podcast series, after signing up, do we get a link? Uh, or how's that work? Yeah, once you sign up, you'll get in the emails as they start to come out. Yesterday was the first one. I think, if I remember correctly, that was just uh, Veronica probably just starting the whole thing off. Today is the two speakers. And then every day, I don't know if it's on the weekends too, every day um, they'll post the next segment of it. I'm not sure when my day is, and I'll let you guys know when that happens. So, uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to when I can, I have a pretty packed day today, but hopefully this afternoon I can uh, catch those two episodes today. So anyways, I wanted to start off with, yesterday I had a note that I wanted to talk about the quote-unquote Disneyland dad, you know, name or or concept. Because it's one of those things, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine, because I I got geared up into that, right? I mean, I'm not accused of that. It's like, oh, Disneyland dad, you know, does all the fun thing, you know, all the fun things and doesn't have any responsibility and whatever. And, and if, if anybody out there is, is falling into that and, and that can be, I mean, for the, for the guy part of it, it's Disneyland dad, right? It's like, yeah, you, there's no accountability, no responsibility. They get the kids, they get to have fun. They don't have to deal with any, you know, the school stuff. They don't have to deal with anything and it's just happy fun time at the other parents' house. I'm not sure exactly. I guess maybe I've never heard the term Disneyland mom, but I know that, well, I felt that way in my situation where it's like, great, you know, they go over to their moms, there's zero accountability, you know, nothing's getting done. It's a complete train wreck. It's happy fun times over there, which it really isn't, but, but, uh, feeling that way. But I'll, I'll tell you, man, whenever that, whenever I would hear, when I would hear that term, uh, it would be one of those triggering moments. It would be one of those things that when they would do it, it would just be like that visceral, I'm just thinking, I don't know if you heard that, but visceral reaction to where it would just kind of really irritate me. Especially if you've been relegated to where you, you have zero say, zero involvement, you don't get any information and all you have is, um, you know, these minimal times with your kids and you're just trying to make the best of it. Here's the thing. Whatever, you know, see, all of this is just, it's, it's shaming tactics and it's, it's belittling tactic tactics and it's undermining tactics, right? It's like planting the seed that like in my situation that, you know, well, Dwayne's not really a caring father. He really doesn't care. I mean, this is what was said about me. He doesn't really care about the kids. He only cares about money. He's never been there because I was working. You know, I mean, you get the story gets spun in a way to where you you just you can't with these people you can't win. You are never going to convince them that their reality is is wrong and that they need to reevaluate things and look at it in a different way. It's not going to happen. The reason I, the reason I bring that up and I want to say that is because ultimately you need to focus on what's right for you and what's best for your kids. And what I mean by that is if you're being accused of being the Disneyland dad, don't turn around and and feel guilty about that and say, okay, well now I have to be an ass and I'm going to start switching my, my, uh, way I deal with my kids. It's just not worth it. The thing is, is you need to make sure that whenever you have your kids, that you can have a positive experience with them, a bonding moment with them going through all this. One of the traps I got stuck into early on in this, in the beginning stages, is that I was trying to be that authoritarian, you know, it's going to be this way, it's not going to be the same way it was before. And it's a trap. If you go down that road and you become the stressful person all the time, 
you're going to damage the relationship with your kids. We have to be basically the good cop and the bad cop. We have to learn how to have a boundary, have expectations with, with our kids, but at the same time, not have it be completely a, a, a mess all the time. That's what they're hoping you're going to do, right? I mean, if you're kind of that strict person, more than likely your narcissistic ex is going to leverage off of that to try to get you to continue down that road and then use that against you to undermine your relationship with your kids. All right, so so let me just wrap this back up into what I'm talking about with with this Disneyland dad thing. And it and I've heard that term. I mean, you'll hear something, you'll hear see it on Facebook or you see it on uh, you know maybe even another video or something where someone will be like, you know, oh, they're just the, they're just the Disneyland dad. You know, you you got to let what whenever people are doing that, just ignore it. Just look at yourself and and just say, "Okay, am I doing the best I can?" And to be perfectly honest, if you're down at the point to where you get only every other weekend or worse, maybe you get a little bit of time once a month, what are you going to do? You know, you don't get to have a meaning. No, I don't say meaningful. You don't get to have a large block of time because every time you have with your kids is meaningful. So you have to, you have to focus on what you're doing so that, um, So that you maximize whatever time you have. And if that means that, hey, when you have, whenever you have the kids those week, you know, the, on the weekends, if that's what your, the situation is and you go out and you do fun stuff, for F everybody else who's saying, you know, you're, you're, you're a scumbag. No, you're not. You're doing the best you can and you're trying to make the best out of the bad situation. And here's the last thing I want to leave you in on this particular segment of the show is it doesn't matter what you do, you will not win the mental game in the narcissistic person's mind. And what I mean is, if you don't show up, you're a scumbag. If you do show up, you're Disneyland dad. If you, you, know, if you take them on trips, well, you're forcing them to do whatever you want to do and not what they want to do. It, it's, it doesn't matter. Whatever you do, your ex is going to try to undermine it. So, I mean, make sure that, you know, you're not just forcing people to do stuff that you want to do. Make sure that they have, like, like the camping stuff with my youngest, I, I routinely, it's like, so do you really like doing this? And like I was mentioning the other day, I mean, she's sending me stuff about how to, how to, how to effectively pack an ice chest. It's that's amazing what's on TikTok. She sent me a TikTok video where it's like, this is how you pack an ice chest, you know, freeze water bottles and put stuff here and put you know, rags and, or, you know, paper towels and other areas to keep it, whatever. And I'm just, okay. So she's basically telling me, Hey, you know, it's been about a month. We probably uh, should be thinking about doing something again. All right. That is my rant on the Disneyland dad thing. I'm gonna look at some of the comments while I'm doing that. If you want to call into the show, you can do that by dialing one four two four three seven three five four eight three. Let's see. Oh, my awesome moderator. Debbie posted some stuff. Let me just see. Uh, can I answer that one? Oh, my topic on on the series. Yeah, somebody had asked what my topic is on the series. It's um, the the overarching term was basically how to find your calm and 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 uh, you know start to get your life back. So. Um, Aw, I got a super chat from LN and it says, uh, let's see here. It says, best advice to protect our relationship with our kids. So thankful for your channel. Oh, thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. Thanks for the support. I really, I really appreciate that. So let me scroll down here. Um, uh, since... I don't see a question on that one. So I will say, actually, I'll tease this because uh, POP had uh, made a comment about the since the data shows that mothers have priority priority custody thanks to Title IV D eighty five percent of the time nationally. There's a person who I've been talking with who is is 
effectively the expert on the impact of Title 4D. And I'm working to have her on the show. She's she's in the midst of finishing up her PhD and on this topic. That's what her whole thesis was on. Uh, so she has a lot of information. So I think we're going to have somebody in the community. When I say community, I mean just publicly out there who's going to be able to really talk about this with definitive data and analytics behind it to really talk about the effect of the family court system on effectively on children. I mean, obviously title four D plays a big part in that, but, um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, we're, we're working on some stuff to do that. Um, I'm helping, helping her get ready for some stuff. So I'm looking forward to ultimately having her on the show. I know that's kind of a tease and there's not any time frame on when that's going to happen, but it'll probably be probably in the next month or so. I'll actually be talking with her later today to just test some, test some stuff out for some stuff she's trying to do. So, so Trish has uh, one of your videos with her. I never saw a tween sit. Oh, <laughs> so, so I have another channel where I do anyways. And it's just with one of your, I never saw a tween sit next to her dad without being on her cell phone. Yeah, I think that one, and, and weren't we eating stupid stuff like olives and uh, I think, what was it, a peach or something? <laughs> it was just, it was crazy. It's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, if you want to participate in the show, you can dial in by dialing one four two four three seven three five four eight three, or you can scroll down and use the link to use the web interface so you don't have to pay international calling. So let me scroll up here for a moment. So the, the next thing that, that came up the other day that uh, I wonder if I saw the comment. No, I think I accidentally deleted it. Anyway, somebody with, with school and everything, somebody had asked about talking with how to deal with teachers. I have some old videos on that. I would say I'll put a link in the description if I can find them, but it's now getting harder and harder to find find videos in the vast library of past content. The the critical point in dealing with teachers is maintaining your credibility. And when I say that, it means you have to be really cautious of how you it, you talk to them and and ultimately you have to make sure that you you know what you're saying and what you're doing match up and i would encourage you also to be very careful of how you know you don't want to go to a teacher and say oh my god my ex is a nut job they're making everything difficult let me tell you everything that they've done to me in the last 5 years the last 20 years, whatever the case may be, and you need to be convinced that they are, you know, they are the worst human being ever. Most of the time, not always, but a lot of the time, you're going to come across looking unhinged and your credibility is not, is going to basically be questioned. They're going to look at you and go, oh, great, you know, we disgruntled ex. They hate their, you know, they hate their ex. The poor kid's stuck in the middle. Focus on it like the interview I did with Cordell and Cordell where he was talking about focus on the patterns of behavior. Now, obviously, what I mean is, you know, you don't go to the teacher and, you know, just change that a little bit and say, you know, oh, let me tell you, you know, the patterns of behavior my ex does. You got to be very subtle about it. What I, what I started to do, and I made that mistake in the beginning, you know, it's like, oh my God, the ex won't tell me anything and, and you know, it's a mess. Let them expose themselves, right? What you might have to do is go in into the teacher and say, hey, teacher, um, just so you know, I don't really want to talk about this, but, you know, little Susie, you know, apparently, you know, we, our parents just got, you know, we're going through a divorce. That's pretty toxic. 
But the problem is, is I don't get any information. So could you, and you could actually, I'd even tone it down. I would just say, Hey, there's a, there's an issue with the X not, not sharing anything. Could you please include me on the email? You know, could you let me know what's going on? What I would also say, I mean, if you get, to, if you're at the position to where you can pick the kids up, going in and just talking to the teacher and saying, hi, you know, how are things going? How's little Susie doing? And, uh, and if they say, oh, you know, little Susie's having a problem with this, then actually do something to correct it. I mean, with your actions and we're like, the words are, I'm an interested, involved parent. The action is I'm taking action to address whatever issue is happening. If you can do it that way, most of the time, the insanity of a narcissistic, see here, the insanity of a narcissistic ex will shine through. Allow them the opportunity to destroy themselves. I mean, it sucks that every year until they get to um, middle school where they start having multiple teachers and those teachers kind of stick around and in high school where it's the same teachers for majority of the time. You're going to have to start over every year. But, but what I will say on that, or my personal experience, is after a while, once I realized how I needed to approach it, and in my particular situation, if you have a high-functioning, smarter, narcissistic personality type that you're dealing with, then they might be able to fake it better. Most of the time, their their actions don't follow their words. So they might come in and go, "Oh, how's little Susie doing? Oh, little Susie's kind of being a, a train wreck and bringing, you know, bringing toys to school." That's what mine would do. They would bring toys to school. The teacher would be like, "Could you please stop sending your child, little Susie, to school with stuff?" And my all well, my girls, anyways, being artists, they like to. I mean, they would draw all the time, so they would doodle on the paper on desks. I mean, I mean, just just not pay attention. Here's the other thing. Kids going through this, this nightmare, it's going to affect their schoolwork. I mean, unless, unless the child really gets their own self-worth, I guess, or validation by doing good in school. So they'll just persevere through it. Most of the time, the stress of all of this is so great that their ability to concentrate is going to be diminished significantly. So it's going to be hard for them to, to do well in school. So just be, be cautious of that. So, I mean, just to kind of recap, just be careful what you say and how you communicate with the teachers. Focus on making sure you're expressing your interest, genuine interest in what's going on and how to help your kid and follow through with it. And most of the time, in a very short order, they'll start to see that, like in my situation, okay, dad actually cares. You know, talking to mom is is like talking to a wall. And sometimes it's really hard for teachers. And if your kid's doing pretty good, it's it's one of those things where it's not even really worth it. Except if your kid's doing really good and you're not getting anything, you can just say, hey, you know, uh, we're having a, it's, it's really kind of a contentious divorce. You know, the ex doesn't really share a lot. Could you, could you just include me on it? Cause there's, I'd like to be able to, you know, whenever you guys have a school function or whatever, I'd like to know about it so that I can, I can participate or at least watch. Right. God, I had to fight with that. I could not get, I, I could get, I could get the teachers to finally say things, but but at, for the most part, the school is like, well, there's only one email address on file. We can't put two. I think I was able to, to deal with it for a while when I had multiple kids in the same school because I could just take one of them and say, okay, change, you know, change the email on this kid to my email, leave the other one the same, then I would get them. You know? And it's just, it's, it's, it's an exercise in frustration. It's going to drive you nuts It's because you shouldn't have to deal with this crap. But the ultimate thing is, is just remember to work around them. You, trying to force a toxic person to, to play by the rules, to, to do what they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to do it, is it, it will drive you crazy. Don't do it to yourself. I tried, you know, 
I mean, I even at one point, whenever the kids were going to therapy appointments and I ex wouldn't tell me and I'm like, look, you know, let me know, you know, can you please, when you schedule an appointment, will you let me know? Nope. We're not going to do that. Therapist office actually said it. So what I would do is I would just call like once a week, you know, hi, Julie, it's Dwayne again. Do the kids have any appointments this week? And they would look and go, oh yeah, on, you know, Wednesday at two o'clock. Okay. Thank you. And then I started showing up, right? I mean, so it was just, it was very stressful. This stuff is stressful, but it gets easier, right? I mean, you, you, you do these things, you set, you know, you basically set your boundaries and like in my situation, talking about the school stuff, the ex just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't keep up with it. Now, the frustrating part, as I've mentioned in the past is you know, the teachers got to the point where they would just give lip service to the ex. If she did happen to go in and talk, they, they would just say, I, yeah, no, no, everything's fine. Little Susie's doing fine. They would, then I would come in and, and I was like, oh, geez, you know, she's failing this. She's failing that. Could you please have her do this homework? You know, I mean, I even had one at one point. It's like, look, just, just, I'll only grade her on the days she's with you. Don't worry about, you know, cause I was initially, I'm like, okay, what is she missing? from when she was with mom, what can I have her, have her do? And, and it's like, look, it's getting too much. Just the homework I assign when she's with you, make sure she does that. Don't worry about the other stuff. She'll pass, you know? And so, I mean, people will start to see, but maintaining your own credibility is key on it because if they start to think that you're part of the problem, you know, then in this situation, they'll do like what I was just saying. They'll tell, start telling you lip service just to make you go away. Oh no, every, everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'll send you that with no intention of actually ever doing that. So John says, uh, I took care of my kids 90% of the time because I am disabled. When my ex went to court, she tried to come off as the perfect mom. I laughed in court because they were with me all of the time. See, and that is John, that's actually a really good example of what I was talking about that it doesn't matter what the reality is. They're going to spin it however they want, right? The fact that you were the the stay-at-home parent, well, whenever that narrative doesn't fit or support them, then they're going to turn around and just ignore it. If I remember correctly on your story, your ex lost a boatload of money and ultimately lost and everything because just because the story had no credibility. Now, sometimes when things fall under the stereotypes, there initially people can believe it, right? I mean, I think that's what the, what a lot of the problem is with this is that, you know, you have this this narrative of deadbeat dads and people who aren't involved, so when they say it, they're like, "Oh, okay, well that fits the narrative. That you know, that sounds like what's what normally happens, so we'll believe it." But you just have to kind of persevere, not kind of, you have to persevere through it maintain your sanity through it and demonstrate what's really going on. And then hopefully if you do it well, everyone starts to see through the crap sooner. If you don't do it well, <laughs> it tends to take a lot of time until that, that starts to catch, you know, it, it, you, and that, I don't want that for you guys. I, what I want is you to be able to walk in early on, be able to present yourself in a, in the correct light, minimize the, the, the damage. And I mean this for moms or dads, whoever is basically going up against a toxic narcissistic type X, who's just pulling out all the stops that you can combat that in a way that is effective and helps them undermine their, their false reality. Oh, John says, um, Oh, scrolled up. Let me grab it. Says, uh, I couldn't talk to the teachers because the narc put a restraining order on me and lied and said the kids were afraid of me and I could not even talk to the teachers. The day I got the RO, uh, I, the day I got the restraining order, I brought my kids to school. Um, did you uh, see in that, but that's the game that they'll play. And, and here's the thing. Um, Went on. John went on to say, let me just finish this, says uh, she lost a boatload of money, but the balance the attorney didn't get because of me, the balance was more than she paid. They tried with three judges to sell my house for attorney's fees. 
Yeah, I mean, and a lot of times they'll play that game with the restraining order, and you just have to make sure you don't make any mistakes on it because you don't want that RO to become permanent and slowly try to, un, you know, shine a light to where people see things. It just, it takes, it takes time for that to happen. And unfortunately, most of the time, you feel that the, 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 the slowness of it drives you insane because it's like, I'm losing, you're thinking I'm losing time. This is, I shouldn't be going through this. I shouldn't have to deal with this. You know, I need to, I, I should be seeing my kids. There's no reason for this. And it gets you more and more angry. And the reality is, is that you're absolutely right when you feel all that, but it's counterproductive. I was talking with someone the other day about, you can you can walk into this process and say, you know, I'm going to play bat mat, you know, badminton, and uh, and they're like, okay, they lay out a chessboard, and you come up with your little your thing in your, you know, your badminton thing, and you're like, all right, I'm ready. What what are you doing there? I'm ready to play. Okay, well we'll sit down, and you know, and you and you're like, well, why am I sitting down? I'm supposed to stand. You know, I mean, it's like you got to understand the rules of what you're dealing with, the game what's going on and how to negotiate it. If you go in and are like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, gosh, darn it. This is going to be my way. You know, no, this is wrong. I'm going to do it my way. Well, you're, you're hurting yourself. Find out what the damn process is and start work, you know, st- learn the, learn the rules of the game so that you know, what you're dealing with and the best way to do it. And unfortunately it's complex. There's, I mean, I've made a bunch of mistakes where I went in, I'm like, all right, what are the rules? Okay. The rules are one, two, three, four, five, or actually it's more like one, two, five, seven, eight. And I start going down the process like, Oh, I forgot to tell you about three. It's like, wait, what? You know, and you find out that what you've been doing, you know, negates everything you've done. Oh my God. I've had that happen so many times. I was talking to someone about that the other day. We were talking about uh, uh, child support stuff, and my my uh, my two oldest kids, their birthdays are in February. So when they're when they're a senior in high school, they turned eighteen in February, and then they graduated in June. Well, the way California, at least from my county, what they do because my court order says child support until eighteen or are graduated. And I'm not exactly sure if that means if they're 17 and they graduate, if it drops off or not. I'm not, I, I don't know. That'll happen with my last one. And so the first one I had called and whenever they're, you know, just say, Hey, how does this work? And it's like, Oh, well, we validate that they're in school. And I'm like, well, they, you know, my, my oldest was still in school and, and they talked to the ex and cause I think what happened is they stopped. They, they turned off child support on my oldest and I called them. I'm like, "Hey, why'd you do that?" Well, we sent a note out to Miss X, and she uh, never wrote back. So, according to our records, they are 18. You don't owe anything anymore. So we shut it off. I'm like, "Great," except he's still in high school. So, and they went, "Oh," so they called her, and she did, you know, scrambled to did the form, and then I owed you know, like a month or, or a paycheck or two of arrears. But then the same thing happened with the, with the next one. And I called and it's like, Hey, uh, what's going on with that? It's like, Oh, well, you know, according to our records there, uh, uh, this child turns 18 in February. So you know, for March, it'll stop. I'm like, so nothing's happened. It's like, oh, are they in school? I'm like, I'm not saying. <laughs> Actually, I ended up did saying. I'm just like, look, here's the deal. And they're like, let it ride. I just want to see what happens. I said, it's it's not a big deal. I, I'll, you know, if you guys turn it, she goes, well, and they were like, hey, if we do this though, at any time, like years in the f- later, if she comes back and says, Hey, you know, they, they were still in school or this kid was still in school during this. You're going to, you're going to owe it. I'm like, eh, I know, I know, but I, I, I'm not worried about it. I just want to see how it goes. So they, they actually, they actually played along. I was surprised that time because I'm so charismatic and communicative 
Jesus, like a communicative disease, I guess. <laughs> and uh, they're like, okay, full, cool. So again, this is one of those things where I didn't understand the rules. In my mind, they what they had told me is they send the note to the other the parent getting the money, saying, hey, you need to validate. Just take it to the school, stay there, still in school, and child support will stay. Well, she wouldn't do it. She does. I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Because she's lazy and you know can't be bothered with anything. Even when it, even when it keeps her getting money, wouldn't do it. So I'm like, okay, you know, 18 March turned around. You know, child support stopped. That was around that time where my rent was going up and everything. So it saved my butt, to be honest. I mean, realistically, that extra money helped me keep my, you know, pay my rent. Um, the channel was doing pretty good at the time. It was like the universe took care of me. But what happened is my middle child graduates high school and everything's great. And I'm like, whew, you know, whew, they're done with school. Everything's great. And I get one of those Saturday letters in the mail, open it up from child support, Department of Child Support Services. And sure enough, it says, you know, you're in arrears. There was a mistake. Your kid was in school. You owe you know, 1200 or whatever. You owe money or whatever. But I, I, I'm trying to remember whether it says they, if, it was, if it was an arrears thing or a reinstatement. So anyways, and it was funny because I got that and I was like, and I, and I didn't have that triggered response, right? In the past when stuff like that would happen, I would just have that, that flash of anxiety and stress and you know, basically a panic attack. And I opened it up. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, wow. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, man, I'm really surprised. I mean, I wonder what, I mean, it's like, okay, nothing's really happened. I mean, so she went through, and it was, it was she had to move, which is the reason maybe she messed up. But, but so she, you know, she had to come up with money for, for a new place. She almost, from what I heard from the kids, she almost didn't get the place she had to use my our son's uh, disability check to qualify for the place. I mean, it was basically you know, you know, basically circling the barrel. And I'm like, wow, that's weird. You know, she got through all that, and now she did that. So, anyways, I picked up the phone. You know, doot, 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 you know, ring, 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 ring. And uh, oh, speaking of that, I need to make sure I'm over on this. Got the person from Child Support Services and like, hey, got this notice, you know, how much do I owe? And they're like, oh, you owe X amount. And I'm like, hey, if you don't mind me asking, um, what happened? You know, I said, so did the X finally turn in the paperwork? And then she goes, you know, they do clickety clack. They pull it up and they said, uh, no, it was the high school. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, we send it when we send that out, we send it to the person receiving the money. And we send it to the high school. And I'm like, it would have been nice if you people would have told me that in the first place. I was like, oh, okay. And actually it made me, I mean, actually it was interesting. It was like, wow, you know, so she, the ex was so disconnected, didn't even pay attention, you know, lost, well, she ultimately got it, but it was the, it was the school that said, okay, we got this paperwork wanting to know when they graduate. So held on to the paperwork. And then the week after graduation was over, when they were finalizing their records, they, you know, they typed in everything and stamped it and mailed it back. And that's what did that again. And what I mean by that is that it's, it's hard to know all the damn rules. I didn't know. Now, hopefully, you know, because I've told you, but I didn't, no one told me that there's so many times through this where I thought I understood how things worked, what the rules were, that I marched forward being, you know, believing what I had been told to ultimately find out that, that it was, that there was a caveat. Like I joke about it and I'll say, you know, the, it's, it's, this is the, you know, these are the steps. And then you flip the page over and there's a picture of me and says, note, if you're this guy, none of this applies and you automatically lose. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic, but, but there was a period of time where it felt that way. And that's the reason why I didn't initially, or haven't whenever, uh, you know, later talking to child support services and they're like, Hey, you need to have her wages imputed. You know, we can do a readjustment that um, I didn't do it because I'm like, you know, every time I think I know something and someone tells me something and I believe it in blind faith, it has a tendency to blow up in my face and I haven't done it. I mean, to be honest, 
the ex is now officially has a job, has been working for, I don't know, maybe, maybe a year. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe a little less. And I'm reluctant to mash that button because it's like, I like my calm, the stability of what's going on. I'm able to survive. I'm able to survive. Would extra money help? Absolutely. Right. I mean, if I was able to go to court and they're like, oh, you know, you let's just shave off the $300 of this. It would be helpful. It really would. I mean, I'm not saying it, saying it wouldn't, but it's like, is it worth the cost of my sanity to go down that road to play this game? Because they don't, they're not reasonable people. You're not going to, I'm not going to be able to, to, to say, Hey X, you know, you've been working. Let's, uh, you know, let's go ahead and do a, 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 a stipulated agreement to adjust child support. She ain't going to do that. And it's going to be a complete crap show. And it's not even necessarily going to, to, to directly go after me. She's going to take it out on the kids time and time again. In my experience, that's what it, what happens. And it's like, okay, you know what I have? What do I have? Three, little less than four years. So my, yeah. So it'd be three. Well, wait a minute. Am I down to three years now? I might be actually because 15, 13, yeah, three years. Daughter's birthday is in August. So yeah, in three years, she'll graduate, would have graduated in, uh, in, oops, uh oh, my system just did something weird. Graduate in, uh, in three years in, in June and then it'll turn 18 in August. So I would be done in September. So. Wow. Wow. I didn't realize I was down to actually the three-year mark. That's cool. I digress. Hopefully that made sense. We are, we are going through a lot of time. I mean, we're at 642 already. So if anybody wants to call in, the number is open 1-424-373-5483. I'm going to check some of the comments here. Uh, Scott had said, my best approach to communicating with teachers is to only focus on what you as a parent are doing for the child. Request duplicate communication, CC on emails, include the other parent. Now, Scott, you just simplified what I was trying to say probably in eight minutes in one line. And that's it. That's exactly it. Just focus on what you're doing with the kids. Just, and it's, I mean, that's, that's the summarized version of actions and words. Show that that's what you're focused on and then follow through with it. That's awesome. That's a good comment, man. I like that. Um, Jack Moore says freedom. <laughs> exactly. I am. Uh, I've God. I've been looking forward to, you know, let me, well, I'll finish that thought. I've been looking forward to that time for nine years. Right. When I was back at the beginning parts of this, looking at the shambles of my life, looking at the train wreck of a future, I never thought that I would get to the point that I would be happy that I would be able to, you know, do some of the things that I wanted to do that I would be over being angry and bitter on this whole situation. And I mean, and to, to be at the point now where it almost feels surreal that in three years, the family court, ordeal is effectively over. Now I still have to pay alimony for the rest of my life unless she gets married, which probably is never going to happen. So there'll be that part of it. There'll still be that little issue. Uh, but, uh, but at least it's not going to be this other stuff. And it's kind of like, if the kids want to come over and see me, they can, if they want to go see their mom, they can, if they want to go do their own thing, they can, you know, it's not, this coordinated effort and trying to to get someone to even pretend like they really care about their kids. So Will says the ex has her family and a bunch of friends who can help her with the kids. So it's always fun times over there. When they're we, when they are with me, it's just me. It's hard to keep up. Can you discuss? Yeah, Will. Actually, that's a good question. Um, what I will say on that 
I was looking at another comment too, which I'll try to get that to that if we have time. But uh, it it really what you're talking about, and let me see if I can pull this up. If you go to my main channel and that mindset for narcissistic abuse recovery, it's the black hole thinking. What you have to do is you really have to look at whatever is happening at the ex's house. Well, you not look at it. It's a black hole. You you know you can't see in it. You don't know what's good. You know you get to need to get to the point that you don't care what's going on, and just focus on whatever you can do. It's like almost like you have to pretend that nothing else. You know, like when your kids are with you, that nothing else exists, and it's just you guys. Now it's a little tough if the kids are going. Well, mommy does this or daddy does that, and they're throwing it in your face. But just kind of move the conversation past that. And then just focus on what you can do, kind of like what what um, John was saying. I mean, like we're talking about with the teachers about you know, but only only focus on what you as a parent can do for your kids. And that's ultimately what I had to do, and it, that's transforming, right? Because when you get to the point where you're not comparing yourself and looking at like, oh my God, you know, I'm doing this all by myself, and and they have everyone helping them. It, uh, it stresses you out and drives you crazy. Just focus on what you can do and what you, what you are able to do. And, and the reality is, for the most part, not always, depending on what your kid's like, for the most part, all they want is your attention. Your attention. They want your attention. They don't want a babysitter's attention. They don't want some other person. They want to feel that connection with you. If that means you bake cookies with them and you, you know, in an empty house and you make the most of it, but you're spending time with them and you're connecting with them, that trumps so much of the other crap that's going on. And it's weird because it's such a simple concept that pays off in dividends in so many ways. If you're able just to, to, to stop focusing and thinking about what the other person is doing, what they're getting away with. I mean, even if it's like, oh my God, I'm struggling, but you know, they have their family and friends, maybe they've remarried and they have a, you know, tons of money and they're driving new cars and, and you know, the kids are, have all the stuff that, that, that you would like to be able to provide them, but you can't because you're financially ruined. Give them your time. Give them your attention. Give them your love. It pays off so much. So, I, you know, that that's really the key. And the black hole thinking, I need to remake that video, but or just update it, refresh it, is so critical in that. And, and I, for a while, fell into that trap where I was comparing what was going on with the ex. It's like, Oh my God, I have to go to this job. I don't have all this time. I don't have any money. I'm completely broke. You know, the ex gets to sit at her house all day and play Pokemon go and, uh, you know, not really help, but just basically throw bombs my way. And, and to be honest, in my situation, it was hers to win. I mean, she had so much, so much against, against me, not against me, but but so many advantages and just squandered them. She could have easily out outmaneuvered me because she had time. I didn't have time. Will says that makes me feel better. Thank you. We'll uh, spend a lot of quality time, but without all the frills, man, God, here, when I moved into this house, I had nothing. I had nothing. I didn't even have a bed. When the kids first came over, I, let me back up. I got into the house the day after I moved in. The person who rented me the house was like, um, you don't have anything. I'm like, no, I have nothing. And, uh, they said, Hey, I have an old King size bed, California King bed. You know, you can, you can have the mattress. You can, uh, you know, pay, pay, I don't know, a hundred dollars or $50 for the frame, whatever. I mean, so I, it was like, so I mean, the first night I had a bed, no table, no furniture, and the kids would come over and we would play hide and seek in the house. We, would, we just made the most of it. I spent time with them. That's the key. 
that right there is the key. All right, let me see what. Okay, so I just where was that other one? I'm trying to see. There was another question that popped up. Um, where where is it? Oh, John had said. I think this is one. It says alimony for the rest of your rest of her life. Oh my God, that must be a California thing. Um, I'm not sure. I definitely is a California thing. Remember, guys, I was married for two decades. So you know, like in California. At the 10-year mark, it's a considered a long-term marriage, which means lifetime support. So if you're 20, you get married, or let's say no, let's say not 20. Let's say you're 18. You get married at 18. At 28, you get divorced in California. If they push for it, you will be on the hook to pay alimony for the rest of your life. Choose wisely. <laughs> pick, pick the partner uh, wisely because... There's sometimes significant consequences. John says, time, attention, love, great points. Everyone should write that down. Oh, that's funny. Camera says, it's cool being alone because previously I've been sleeping on the floor for the past five years. Big upgrade. That's funny. And it's not funny, it's sad, but I mean, it's just, you know, honestly, you just, you, you get to the point where you, you, you re-baseline your life, you re, you kind of hit the reset. And when you do that, when you get to the point to say, okay, you know what? I don't like it. I don't like that I'm starting over, but it's like you, you have this opportunity. How you have this opportunity to, to decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You know, I mean, you could turn around and go, okay, I'm going to switch jobs. I'm going to move. I'm going to, depending on what, you know, what you want to do or your situation. I mean, shoot, if, uh, well, with the caveat being, if you get caught up in the machine and the machine says, you know, you owe, you know, 60% of your pay based on a hundred grand a year. Well, obviously you're not going to be able to take a different job and make 30 because you'll basically be giving all of the check to her and or to them and then owing the arrears. So, I mean, you still got to, you got to conform to it. Actually, it's funny. Someone said, uh, you know, how long you in for life? You know, there's a lot of times where I looked at it. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm serving a sentence. I have to deal with these rules for a period of time. And I get out in, uh, which, what is 20, 2023, 2023, I am out. It's like, I feel kind of like right now that I'm out on good behavior. (laughs) You know, I still have some requirements or maybe probation. I don't know. I'm not a, you know, I'm not in that world, but I mean, it's like, that's kind of the way I'm like, all right, you know what? I mean, this is, this is the situation I've been dealt with or handed and I going to have to deal with it and just basically figure it out. Okay. So I already did that one. I thought, I thought there was another Another question. Uh, so, man, six fifty three this time this morning. I think my coffee kicked in and I'm on overdrive. So, Shane had said, "Wills, I definitely know my ex is the fun mom too. We must remember that it, life isn't all about fun, and we are teaching our children how to navigate in this social in this complex world." Yeah, it's it, again focusing on what the other person's doing is 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 counterproductive to you getting to where you want to go you know and it, it, and the reason i say that is cuz it, it's so easy to get so irritated and frustrated and ultimately you have to look at it and say is that helping you get to where you want to go is that anger and that bitterness really helping you achieve where you want to go now there is a, and I need to make this point quickly. There is a period of time where that anger and bitterness can keep you laser like focused to get where you want to go. But at the same time, after a period of time, it's counterproductive and it's holding you back, right? I mean, it's, it's a phase that you go through, and I harnessed my anger and my bitterness early on to help me persevere through this. It was out of just sure determination and frustration that I was not going to give up, that I was able to do that. And that was 
a lot of that was just based on anger. So, I mean, it was an emotion that helped me get through this, but it was, it's not a place that you can stay. It's, it's destructive. It takes a toll on you and it won't ultimately help you get to get you to where you want to go. Aaron and Oz says, Dwayne, it's nice to see you still have a sense of humor regardless of alimony. Guys, it's just kind of what I was just saying. I mean, I could sit here and, I mean, I could be angry about having to pay that, you know, beep, 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 beep for the rest of my life. How does that help my life? Is there anything I can do about it? Okay. Potentially, I can go back to court and have it, try to have it reduced, try to play some games to have it terminated. Maybe. Is that going to be effective? I don't know. So it's it's just one of those things where it's it's the circumstances that I'm I'm stuck in, and I can either be angry about it. That's the other thing. I was talking to someone the other day, and it's like you don't want to be the person that 25 years from now, when I run into you, or I don't I don't want you to be the person that if we run in, if I run into you 25 years from now, hopefully we're all still alive and doing well, and we sit down for a nice nice cup of coffee or a nice iced tea, and the whole conversation is about how you were wronged by your ex. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. I want the conversation to be, man, the last 25 years have been pretty good. You know, maybe, maybe throw in there. I really appreciate everything you did for me back in 2020. But, uh, you know, this is what I did with my life and it's great. And I've resell, I've salvaged it. I've done all these things and I've had these wonderful experiences and I'm so glad that, uh, that I, I ha- you know, I'm, I'm where I'm at now. I don't want any of you to be in the mode to where you're, the conversation goes to where you feel like the divorce or the situation happened a week ago. I'll tell you, I watched my dad go through that for decades, decades. I think finally he's finally just like done with it. But I mean, when I was going through, I mean, even before when I would talk with him, he was still angry and bitter. Not that he would talk about his situation a lot with me, but if it came up, it was like a flashpoint to where he was before. Yeah, old Dirty Dasher says, also after 10 years in California, the ex gets 50% of the pension. Yeah, that's true. That, uh, that's same situation for me too. Or actually, it's part. It's not half. It's 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 half of whatever when we were married. So, like you know, by the time I retire, it'll be thirty percent. Um, we were married for twenty. What I guess maybe twenty years of that. So she's entitled to like that portion of it. So like basically, you know, I don't know how it works, how the formula works. So it'll be more than ten percent, but not fifteen percent. Still frustrating if your pension is. Uh, is a hundred grand or not, I'm not pension. If your salary is a hundred grand and you only get 1% a year, well, that's, you go from a hundred to 30 and then you have to give part of that to them and then you still have to pay them. Right. I mean, I'm just even saying that that used to irritate me. Just saying that would just get me angry, but I don't, it's not that I don't care anymore. It's like, I'm not going to let it ruin my life. I'm not going to let it consume every moment and take the joy that I can experience today away because of that. Is it fair? No, it's absolutely not fair. It's not right. But there, you know, I, that's the, that's where I'm at right now, man, we are at the hour mark. Where did the time go? And we didn't even have a caller today. Holy cow. I just went on and on for an hour. I hope you guys were okay with that. But on that, Thank you for hanging out with me on this Thursday. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you starting your day with me. I hope this was helpful. I hope these conversations help you have a, a, a better view of, the, of uh, your situation and, and give you some hope to be able to, to move through this. If you guys aren't familiar, this is also going to be on uh, the Break the Cycle with DSC podcast. And on that, we'll catch you tomorrow on tomorrow's show.